0: SECTION 24 OF ELIA AND THE LAST ESSAYS OF ELIA This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. ELIA AND THE LAST ESSAYS OF ELIA by Charles Lamb A dissertation UPON ROAST PIG Mankind! Says a Chinese manuscript, which my friend M. was obliging enough to read and explain to me, for the first seventy thousand ages ate their meat raw clawing or biting it from the living animal just as they do in abyssinia to this day this period is not obscurely hinted at by their great confucius in the second chapter of his mundane mutations where he designates a kind of golden age by the term kofang literally the cook's holiday the manuscript goes on to say that the art of roasting is rather broiling which i take to be the elder brother was accidentally discovered in the manner following the swineherd ho t having gone out into the woods one morning as his manner was to collect mast for his hogs left his cottage in the care of his eldest son bo bo a great lubberly boy who being fond of playing with fire as younkers of his age commonly are let some sparks escape into a bundle of straw which kindling quickly spread the conflagration over every part of their poor mansion till it was reduced to ashes together with the cottage a sorry antediluvian makeshift of a building you may think of it what was of much more importance a fine litter of new farrowed pigs no less than nine in number perished china pigs have been esteemed a luxury all over the east from the remotest periods that we read of bobo was in the utmost consternation as you may think not so much for the sake of the tenement which his father and he could easily build up again with a few dry branches and the labour of an hour or two at any time as for the loss of the pigs while he was thinking what he should say to his father and wringing his hands over the smoking remains of one of those untimely sufferers an odor assailed his nostrils unlike any scent which he had before experienced what could it proceed from not from the burnt cottage he had smelt that smell before indeed this was by no means the first accident of the kind which had occurred through the negligence of this unlucky young firebrand much less did it resemble that of any known herb weed or flower a premonitory moistening at the same time overflowed his nether lip he knew not what to think He next stooped down to feel the pig if there were any signs of life in it he burnt his fingers and to call them he applied them in his booby fashion to his mouth some of the crumbs of the scorched skin had come away with his fingers and for the first time in his life in the world's life indeed for before him no man had known it he tasted crackling again he felt and fumbled at the pig it did not burn him so much now still he licked his fingers from a sort of habit the truth at length broke into his slow understanding that it was the pig that smelt so and the pig that tasted so delicious and surrendering himself up to the newborn pleasure he fell to tearing up whole handfuls of the scorched skin with the flesh next it and was cramming it down his throat in his beastly fashion when his sire entered amid the smoking rafters armed with retributory cudgel and finding how affairs stood began to rain blows upon the young rogue's shoulders as thick as hailstones which bobo heeded not any more than if they had been flies the tickling pleasure which he experienced in his lower regions had rendered him quite callous to any inconveniences he might feel in those remote quarters his father might lay on but he could not beat him from his pig till he had fairly made an end of it when becoming a little more sensible of the situation something like the following dialogue ensued you graceless whelp what have you got there devouring is it not enough that you have burnt me down three houses with your dog's tricks and be hanged with you but you must be eating fire and i know not what what have you got there i say oh farther! the pig the pig do come and taste how nice the burnt pig eats the ears of howty tingled with horror he cursed his son, and he cursed himself that ever he should beget a son that should eat burnt pig. Bobo, whose scent was wonderfully sharpened since morning, soon raked out another pig, and, fairly rending it asunder, thrust the lesser half by main force into the fists of ho still shouting out, "Eat, eat, Ate the burnt pig, father!' only taste o lord with such like barbarous ejaculations cramming all the while as if he would choke ho t trembled every joint while he grasped the abominable thing wavering whether he should not put his son to death for an unnatural young monster when the crackling scorching his fingers as it had done his sons and applying the same remedy to them he in his turn tasted some of its flavor which make what sour mouths he would for a pretense proved not altogether displeasing to him in conclusion for the manuscript here is a little tedious both father and son fairly sat down to the mess and never left off till they had dispatched all that remained of the litter bobo was strictly enjoined not to let the secret escape for the neighbours would certainly have stoned them for a couple of abominable wretches who could think of improving upon the good meat which god had sent them nevertheless strange stories got about it was observed that Hoti's cottage was burnt down now more frequently than ever. Nothing but fires from this time forward. Some would break out in broad day, others in the night time. As often as the sow farrowed, so sure was the house of Hoti to be in a blaze. And Hoti himself, which was the more remarkable, instead of chastising his son, seemed to grow more indulgent to him than ever. At length they were watched the terrible mystery discovered and the father and son summoned to make their trial at pekin then an inconsiderable assize town evidence was given the obnoxious food itself produced in court and verdict about to be pronounced when the foreman of the jury begged that some of the burnt pig of which the culprit stood accused might be handed into the box he handled it and they all handled it and burning their fingers as bobo and his father had done before them and nature prompting to each of them the same remedy against the face of all the facts and the clearest charge which the judge had ever given to the surprise of the whole court townsfolk strangers reporters and all present without leaving the box or any manner of consultation whatever they brought in a simultaneous verdict of not guilty the judge who was a shrewd fellow winked at the manifest iniquity of the decision and when the court was dismissed went privily and bought up all the pigs that could be had for love or money in a few days his lordship's townhouse was observed to be on fire the thing took wing and now there was nothing to be seen but fires in every direction fuel and pigs grew enormously dear all over the district THE INSURANCE OFFICES ONE AND ALL SHUT UP SHOP, PEOPLE BUILT SLIGHTER AND SLIGHTER EVERY DAY, UNTIL IT WAS FEARED THAT THE VERY SCIENCE OF ARCHITECTURE WOULD IN NO LONG TIME BE LOST TO THE WORLD. THUS THIS CUSTOM OF FIRING HOUSES CONTINUED, TILL, IN THE PROCESS OF TIME, SAYS MY MANUSCRIPT, A SAGE AROSE, LIKE OUR Locke, WHO MADE A DISCOVERY, THAT THE FLESH OF SWINE, OR INDEED OF ANY OTHER ANIMAL, MIGHT BE COOKED burnt, as they called it, without the necessity of consuming a whole house to dress it. Then first began the rude form of gridiron. Roasting by the string or spit came in a century or two later, I forget in whose dynasty. By such slow degrees, concludes the manuscript, to the most useful and seemingly the most obvious arts make their way among mankind." Without placing too implicit faith in the account above given, it must be agreed that if a worthy pretext for so dangerous an experiment as setting houses on fire, especially in these days, could be assigned in favour of any culinary object, the pretext and excuse might be found in roast pig. Of all the delicacies in the whole mundus edibilis, I will maintain it to be the most delicate princeps obsoniorum. I speak not of your grown porkers, things between pig and pork those hobbledehoys but a young and tender suckling, under a moon old guiltless as yet of the sty with no original speck of the amor immunditio, the hereditary failing of the first parent yet manifest his voice has not yet broken but something between a childish treble and a grumble the mild forerunner or proludium of a grunt he must be roasted i am not ignorant that our ancestors ate them seethed or boiled but what a sacrifice of the exterior tegument there is no flavor comparable i will contend to that of the crisp tawny well watched not over roasted crackling as it is well called the very teeth are invited to their share of the pleasure at this banquet in overcoming the coy brittle resistance with the adhesive oleaginous oh call it not fat but an indefinable sweetness growing up to it the tender blossoming of fat fat cropped in the bud taken in the shoot in the first innocence the cream and quintessence of the child picks yet pure food the lean no lean but a kind of animal manner or rather fattened lean if it must be so so blended and running into each other that both together make but one ambrosian result or common substance behold him while he is doing it seemeth rather a refreshing warmth than a scorching heat that he is so passive to how equably he twirleth round the string now he is just done to see the extreme sensibility of that tender age he hath wept out his pretty eyes radiant jellies shooting stars see him in the dish his second cradle how meek he lieth wouldst thou have had this innocent grow up to the grossness and indocility which too often accompany maturer swinehood ten to one he would have proved a glutton a sloven an obstinate disagreeable animal wallowing in all manner of filthy conversation from these sins he is happily snatched away Ere sin could blight or sorrow fade, death came in with timely care. His memory is odoriferous, no clown curseth, while his stomach hearth rejecteth the rank bacon, no coal heaver bolteth him in reeking sausages. He hath a fair sepulchre in the grateful stomach of the judicious epicure, and for such a tomb might be content to die. is the best of sapors pineapple is great she is indeed almost too transcendent a delight if not sinful yet so like to sinning that really a tender conscienced person would do well to pause too ravishing for mortal taste she woundeth and excoriateth the lips that approacheth her like lovers kisses she biteth she is a pleasure bordering on pain from the fierceness and insanity of her relish but she stoppeth at the palate she meddleth not with the appetite and the coarsest hunger might barter her consistently for a mutton chop pig let me speak his praise is no less provocative of the appetite than he is satisfactory to the criticalness of the censorious palate. The strong man may batten on him, and the weakling refuseth not his mild juices. Unlike to mankind's mixed characters, a bundle of virtues and vices, inexplicably intertwisted, and not to be unravelled without hazard, he is good throughout." no part of him is better or worse than another he helpeth as far as his little means extend all around he is the least envious of banquets he is all neighbours fair i am one of those who freely and ungrudgingly impart a share of the good things of this life which fall to their lot few as mine are in this kind to a friend i protest i take as great an interest in my friend's pleasures his relishes and proper satisfactions as in my own presents i often say in dear absence hares pheasants partridges snipes barn door chicken those tame villitic fowl capons plovers brawn barrel of oysters i dispense as freely as i receive them i love to taste them as it were upon the tongue of my friend but a stop must be put somewhere one would not like lear give everything i make my stand upon pig methinks it is an ingratitude to the giver of all good flavors to extra domiciliate or send out of the house slightingly under pretext of friendship or i know not what a blessing so particularly adapted predestined i may say to my individual palate it argues an insensibility i remember a touch of conscience in this kind at school my good old aunt who never parted from me at the end of a holiday without stuffing a sweetmeat or some nice thing into my pocket had dismissed me one evening with a smoking plum-cake fresh from the oven in my way to school. it was over london bridge a grey-headed old beggar saluted me i have no doubt at this time of day that he was a counterfeit i had no pence to console him with and in the vanity of self-denial and the very coxcombery of charity schoolboy like i made him a present of the whole cake i walked on a little buoyed up as one is on such occasions with a sweet soothing of self-satisfaction but before i had got to the end of the bridge my better feelings returned and i burst into tears thinking how ungrateful i had been to my good aunt to go and give her good gift away to a stranger that i had never seen before and who might be a bad man for aught i knew and then i thought of the pleasure my aunt would be taking in thinking that i i myself and not another would eat her nice cake and what should i say to her the next time i saw her how naughty i was to part with her pretty present and the odour of that spicy cake came back upon my recollection and the pleasure and the curiosity i had taken in seeing her make it and her joy when she sent it to the oven and how disappointed she would feel that i had never had a bit of it in my mouth at last and i blamed my impertinent spirit of almsgiving and out-of-place hypocrisy of goodness and above all i wished never to see the face again of that insidious good-for-nothing old grey impostor our ancestors were nice in their method of sacrificing these tender victims we read of pigs whipped to death with something of a shock as we hear of any other obsolete custom the age of discipline is gone by or it would be curious to inquire in a philosophical light merely what effect this process might have toward intenerating and dulcifying a substance naturally so mild and dulcet as the flesh of young pigs it looks like refining a violet yet we should be cautious while we condemn the inhumanity how we censure the wisdom of the practice it might impart a gusto i remember an hypothesis argued upon by the young students when i was at st omer's and maintained with much learning and pleasantry on both sides whether supposing that the flavor of a pig who obtained his death by whipping per extremam superadded a pleasure upon the palate of a man more intense than any possible suffering we can conceive in the animal is man justified in using the method of putting the animal to death i forget the decision his sauce should be considered decidedly a few bread-crumbs done up with his liver and brains and a dash of mild sage but. Banish, dear Mrs. Cook, I beseech you, the whole Onion Tribe. Barbecue your whole hogs to your palate, steep them in shallots, stuff them out with plantations of the rank and guilty garlic. You cannot poison them, or make them stronger than they are. But consider, he is a weakling, a flower. End of section twenty four.